Hey everyone, welcome to the Student Life Leadership Podcast. Student Life Leadership Podcast. I'm Augustine, and today we have a phenomenal guest, none other than Kimmy Simon, the director of ORU Worship Center. Kimmy, thank you for joining us. Um, Would you mind just kind of starting off the podcast by telling us a little bit about what you do at ORU? Yeah, super honored to be here today talking with you all. Um, Here at ORU, I direct, um, as you said, our worship center, which includes our main ORU worship team that, by the way, just recently came out with an album, so go check it out. Um, We also have our Souls of Fire team, which is coming up on its 50th anniversary of um, really leading and going to different ministries around Tulsa. And then, of course, prayer movement that is such a great way to come together and um, advance God's kingdom through prayer and song. So really great center and super honored to be here at ORU. Super great. Yeah, um, Allie and I get to work with Kimmy uh, quite often, doing a lot of things for chapel and special events, and we just love Kimmy's heart. Um, not only is she gifted, but she's very skilled in the area of communication, which I think is an area that you're going to talk to us about today. So Kimmy, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be sharing in today's episode. Yeah. So I actually graduated with my undergrad here at ORU in communication, and so that definitely adds to my passion of communication. But today I really want to focus on an area that I feel like a lot of people just breeze over um, within communication, and that's nonverbals. And so kind of the quote-unquote title of today would be The Power of Nonverbal Communication in Leadership. So nonverbal communication can really help or hurt you in leadership, but we can only choose one. So which one will you choose? Um, Will I have nonverbal cues be a benefit or a detriment to my leadership? Now, you may be thinking, why is nonverbal communication so important? And how does this even affect leadership? Well, we'll be answering that. So kind of a a cool note, according to many scholars and researchers, only 7% of communication comes from our actual words. This is then separated again to 38% of our vocal, from our vocal tone and 55% of nonverbal body language. So what does this mean? 93% of what we're trying to communicate has nothing to do with our words. And if we want to excel in our leadership or really in life in general, we need to obtain skills in nonverbal communication. There are books and books <laughs> that you could go through an entire library and find so many different resources that list all the varieties and specifications of nonverbal cues and nonverbal communication. But today I want to simplify and focus on just a few. The first being just general first impressions and the second being body language, specifically regarding our presentation, facial expressions, and posture. So let's get into this. First point. First impressions. Now, Augustine, if you had to kind of guesstimate, how often do you think you meet someone new? Uh, every hour? Really? You meet someone new every single hour? Yeah, oh, I know where you, you know, tons of students. Yeah. Every, it depends on the day. But that's a very fair point. I was going to say, I probably meet someone at least every week, but... Okay, that's, that's, good, that's good too. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Depends it's, if it's August when students are coming back mm. or if it's October and I know everybody already, which that's, I don't, yeah. so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very fair point. But to to your point, 
We meet someone new so frequent, not just to ORU, but maybe when you're trying out new churches or you're going to a new job, whatever it may be, we meet someone new very, very often. And of those, you know, first impressions, it's really easy to remember or, or pick out good first impressions or bad first impressions. So tell me about a time where you either were on the receiving or giving end of a bad first impression. Uh, probably I, one of my first memories is when I applied to work at Chick-fil-A when I was in high school and I came in, I looked really nice, but my uh, body posture and me chewing gum was not a very good first impression. <laughs> so I gave off a really bad mm. first impression. Needless to say, I didn't get the job, but mm. it's a memory that's burned in my mind uh, <laughs> ever since then. That's, that's a great example. And we'll actually be talking about posture later, so that's a great plug. But... As you mentioned, you know, it's burned in your brain. You're, you know, you're regretful of that. No one wants to give or receive a bad first impression. It's pretty uncomfortable and typically something you're like, oh man, I'm going to remember that forever. So first impressions are crucial for interpersonal relationships and leadership. And as leaders, as we said, we meet new people when on so many frequent occasions, whether you're hiring someone, meeting a new customer, client, maybe just even a coworker or even a boss. There are so many occasions where we are interacting with people for the first time. And the most important point with first impressions is we never get a second chance to make a first impression. So our first impression as a leader or to a leader is so crucial. And, you know, so many people try and guess, oh, first impressions are, you know, this long, this long. Well, according to MIT researchers, first impressions are made within the first two to eight seconds. Now, that impression is not long, but what's crazy is that first two to eight seconds influences our interactions and relationship with that person forever. Within those first seconds, we go through what's called the primacy effect. And this is where our bodies naturally and automatically go through the fight or flight mode where we're trying to decide if someone is going to be a friend or a foe. And so we need to capitalize on those first seconds as leaders so that we can set up a beneficial impression long term. Now, you may think, well, if I have a bad first impression, I'll just I'll just change their mind. I'll, I'll just change that impression. Not a big deal. And yes, it's possible to change a first impression but it's very, very difficult and requires a lot of time and energy. So to kind of show this, I'm going to do a challenge with Yoxine. So are you ready for a challenge? I'm really scared. Okay. I'm, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> Perfect. So I'm going to ask you two prompts and I want you to answer them as quickly as you can. Pretty simple. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So first question, what are the first 10 letters in the alphabet? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, I'm just going <laughs> No, so it's a pretty simple. It's A through J. So, yeah, you know, there we go. I right got off there. the bat. Got, I got it. There. All right. Second question. What are the last 10 letters in the alphabet starting from the end working forwards? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's Z and then uh -huh. Y and W. No, we missed one. Uh, X. X and yeah. then W. Uh -huh. V U T. Uh huh. S Q R? R Q. R Q. Oh, so close. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, it's it's possible. Both both prompts and questions are possible to answer, and it's something that we learned, you know, in kindergarten. So it's something we've known all our all of our <laughs> life. But one is way harder to do and takes more time. Yes. And this is the exact same with first impressions. Hmm. We can change them, but it's way better to just get it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we can see why nonverbal cues and especially first impressions are important. 
But now let's talk about what should be happening in those first seconds. How do we capitalize on that? And this is where kind of that second point comes in today with body language. So kind of review 93% of what we're trying to communicate doesn't even have to do with our words. And so within body language, there's so many different cues that you know we give and can notice, um, but I wanna really hone in on presentation, facial expressions, and as you noted earlier, posture. Mm -hmm. So presentation, we want to present our best, right? Like that would be an assumption as leaders, we wanna present our best. So how do we do this? Well, one of the simplest and easy ways is to dress your best. This may seem super simple, but so many people get caught up on this specific area. So we present our, our, our best, and it's one of the first things that people see, so it should be pretty solid. As you, and this was one of my examples, you're not gonna get hired for a job without presenting your best, but kind of more drastic. If you're gonna try and get hired for the job you currently have at ORU, you probably wouldn't have gotten hired wearing sweatpants, right? Very to the true. interview? Very yeah. true. So simple put, make sure you are dressed to the best. So presentation is important to lead to a leader, not just for trying to get a job, but as a leader, you're setting the tone and standard for how the people that you're over are presenting themselves as well. Mm. So let's say, hey, great, you got this job, maybe you work at Chick-fil-A, whatever it is, you get the job you're wanting, you get the position of leadership you're looking for. Now you're controlling the standard and the atmosphere for how others will present themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So we wanna make sure that we are presenting our best so that the people we're over and around also do the same. That's good. Um, it's, it is important to note that context should be taken into account. Um, as you would imagine, different occasions would require a different best. Mm -hmm. You know, most likely you wouldn't show up to some casual, you know, coworker connect time in a suit and tie. That would probably communicate not what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know the context um, for pr presentation, but a general great rule of thumb is to just always try and present your best. Mm -hmm. So then kind of shifting to the next area in body language is facial expressions. Now these are you know the emotions and the expressions that we show on our face, and it greatly impacts you know what, how people are receiving the message we're trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. A you know typical solution that people are like oh I got great facial expressions I smile it's it's like people are resorting to the penguins in Madagascar smiling wave <laughs> smiling wave and yes smiling is important especially for you know that first impression but a grin isn't always the solution it kind of goes back to we need to mirror and know the context so Augustine if someone comes up to you and you know they're really struggling and they're crying about a loss in the family. Describe to me what your face would probably look like. Well, definitely won't be smiling. That will look very <laughs> awkward. Um, probably a stoic or even slight frown. Uh, a, a furrowed brow of concern. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's probably, I, I'm going to probably try to mirror. I probably won't cry, mm. but I'll probably be a little bit more serious. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's <laughs> in this scenario, it would definitely not be appropriate to smile like you wanted that person gone. So you, you need to know. <laughs> The, the context, and we need to be aware and vigilant of what our face is communicating yes. as it drastically impacts how people receive the information we are putting out. Yes, yes this is also a great cue for us as leaders to be aware of other people's facial expressions because it will depict how we're able to receive. Mm -hmm. But as leaders, we really need to be vigilant of what we are communicating. Now, kind of breaking it down even further within our face is our eyes. Um, we should be giving good eye contact 
because it can communicate trust, interest, confidence, and we definitely don't want to communicate the opposite, which would be disinterest, frustration, and irritation. So we need to make sure that we're giving good eye contact. Uh, now, eye contact does not mean you stare at a person creepily. That would communicate the opposite of what we're going for here. Mm -hmm. um, and so studies show that healthy eye contact typically lasts between 6 to 20 seconds, obviously countering in the context and, and all those different factors. Mm -hmm. But a good average to live by is about 10 seconds. So, you know, 10 seconds, kind of, you don't have to count it in your head. That might be a little weird, but a good feel for <laughs> good, healthy eye contact. And we want to make sure that we communicate care and connection. Question about that, Kimmy, because we're talking to a lot of college students on this podcast and a lot of college students have their phones mm -hmm. all the time and mm -hmm. they're always with them, having them. What are some maybe tips or tricks that you've used to maybe make sure your phone isn't a distraction in a conversation or in a, a context where it would be inappropriate to have your phone out? Yeah, that's a great, great question. This Our world has so many distractions and phone definitely being an obvious one. Personally, you know, part of my job is I get the, the privilege of meeting with students and, you know, just kind of getting to know them, hearing about what's happening in their life. And one thing I'm very vigilant of to make sure I'm connecting well and not letting my phone be a distraction is I, um, you know, obviously I have to keep it on me for my job, but I have it on silent and mm -hmm. I have it in my pocket yeah. and I don't pull it out unless it's, you know, one of my supervisors that I absolutely have to respond to because yeah. the fastest way you can break off um, a connection of respect and rapport mm. and showing that you're interested in the conversation is pulling out your phone and scrolling through social media. Absolutely. So that would probably be how That's I would good. That's really helpful. do that. Yeah. So, so, so important to connect within that communication. And so the next step I want to show is posture, which as you noted was why you didn't get hired for the blessed you know, Jesus chicken that is delicious. So posture, it could be considered part of presentation, but I really separated it because I think it's one that I struggle with, you know, probably the most as well. And as we said before, we want to present our best. So good posture would include um, some of this, uh, you know, standing up straight, um, all, all those different areas we talked about. But kind of even more specific is open posture and open communication. There's a significant difference in people connecting and receiving um, data or communication when someone's posture is exemplified as open. Now this would mean, you know, to not, or try not cross your arms or, uh, you know, have a closed off, I mean, physically closed off body language. And so we want to communicate that we're open and not shut off. And so that's kind of the point there, um, specifically with that posture note. Another great note is, as we talked about earlier, is mirroring. Again, I'm just going to keep, <laughs> keep hitting that nail on the head on. is mirroring. Yep. Studies show that when people are, you know, mirror kind of similar actions, they actually subconsciously trust that person more in a conversation, which is so, so interesting. So if I'm talking to you at a table and you have your, your chin resting on your fist, if I kind of slightly mirror that and have a similar motion, you're going to subconsciously trust me more than if I hid both of my hands under the table or behind my mm. back. Now, this is a super cool way that you can try out yourself in a next conversation just to try it out and, you know, think about, okay, how can I, how can I mirror <laughs> them without being too obvious? Um, and so it's, it's a great note as a leader to, to be vigilant of what you're communicating, but it's also helpful to know if, if people are being closed off to what you're saying as well. So the last point I want to talk about within posture is your feet. Now you could be thinking, how in the world does feet have anything to do with what we're talking about? 
Um, but it's super interesting. So in the book, what every what every body is saying, Joe Navarro says that feet are the truest test of attention. Now the reason is that as we talked about before, our bodies go through fight or flight, and we're trained to run away from danger. Hopefully, that you know people are trained to run away from danger. Mm -hmm. And so Navarro says when two people are talking to each other, they normally speak toe to toe, meaning if I'm talking to you, my toes are pointed towards you or your toes. If, however, one of the individuals turns their feet away or continually moves one foot in, an, in a direction away from the person they're communicating with, you know that that person wants to leave that conversation. Mm -hmm. And this is a great trick as leaders when you're talking to someone and they are you know, using that feet motion to show they're not even interested in what you're saying, you can just go ahead and end that conversation and that's just a good social skill you can have. But um, more importantly, we now know through this that we can communicate interest and care and respect so that when we're talking with people, whether it's someone above us, below us, beside us, whatever it may be, we can make sure to be vigilant that our feet are directed towards the person we're talking to um, so that we show with our posture that we care about what they're saying and what we are talking about. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, if you're talking with more than one person, just kind of a side note, you want to aim to the middle of a group or resort to like an open V shape. So it kind of res resorts back to the open communication, not having a foot crossed over the other, but just an open general direction towards the people you're talking about. That's good. Now, there are so many more areas of nonverbal that you could break down and dissect and so many different things of eye directions and places on the face that people touch. And so there's so many more ways that nonverbals can benefit you and your leadership and life in general. But these are just a few that I feel that if we're able to grow and, and um, challenge ourselves, that we can benefit our leadership dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that after we've kind of talked about this, that you've gotten a few ways and a few skills that you feel like you can improve um, in your communication skills with others. Because really, nonverbal communication can help or hurt you. So which one are you going to choose? That's really good. That's really good, Kimmy. So I have a couple questions as we're wrapping up the episode. Um, first, which nonverbal area do you see young adults or college students most struggle with? Which ones do you see the most struggle with? And what would be a word of encouragement from you to them in improving that area? Yeah, that's a great question. I think kind of uh, going back to your question earlier on phones, I would probably assign it to the eye contact <laughs> category. Because yeah. I feel like especially um, emerging generations have become, myself, my generation, myself included, have become so dependent on connecting with a piece of technology mm. that sometimes it almost feels awkward yeah. to look someone directly in the eye mm -hmm. or you know not have something as a barrier between you know rather than talking to someone over FaceTime like actually talking to someone face to face yeah. and so I think giving that good eye contact and, and posture connection mm -hmm. is a really big struggle area even whenever I'm talking with some people in high school you know be telling them about ORU and they're kind of nervously checking their phone every few minutes when I'm talking yeah. to them. And so I would just kind of challenge people to, to really make sure that you're connecting with people in a conversation and, and not being distracted or mm -hmm. letting your eyes wander somewhere else, but really connecting yeah. and having that good, healthy eye contact. That's really good. My other question for you was how, how would you advise young adults or college students 
looking at how they should dress. Because often we're on social media and we see, oh, well, they dress like this or they dress like that. How would you go into a place you want to work or a place that you want to serve at or, or, or be at? How do you know what you should wear or what you should be wearing in around certain crowds, whether it be your workplace or maybe it's a place you're volunteering? How do you know what to dress as? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and it, in its essence, I think it comes down to awareness um, and research. Those are kind of two of the overall points. But um, a kind of a good example is um, whenever I came to ORU, I am originally from Huntsville, Alabama. And so I came to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the style, I wasn't expecting it to be different, <laughs> but how, you know, how it was cool to, you know, to be dressed cool at ORU um, during my undergrad was significantly different than where I was at in the South, you mm-hmm. know, so at the time, um, in Huntsville, people, um, you know, being true Southern bells would mm-hmm. have pearl earrings or, you know, <laughs> dressed, dressed really nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't walk around and casuals. People dressed up pretty nice on day to day. And then I came to ORU and it was the style of like jean jackets, um, expensive tennis shoes, torn Come up on. jeans, yes, baseball the cap, Let's the flannels. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like very, that, that was the, the style. And yeah. so I was aware of that. And so I adapted obviously when I came to ORU and not just in the fact of, Oh, I wanted to blend in, but just, you know, I wanted to, to make sure I was presenting my best for that specific context. Mm. But then I assumed, Oh, I'll go back home to Huntsville and work in the summertime and it'll be the same. Mm. And quickly realized that was not the case. <laughs> I had to be aware of the context I was in. And mm. a huge part of that was being aware, but then, you know, being willing to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if, you know, I was stingy and just continue to dress how I wanted to dress, it would impact how I communicated and yes. how people received me. And so yes. I think it really comes down to being aware uh, being mindful and then being willing to adapt to the environment that you're in. Super good, super good. I hope all of you have been taking notes. Um, if you want to ask me more questions about nonverbal communication, I'm sure she would love to answer that. <laughs> she is very passionate about communication, as am I. I was a communications minor, so I don't have as much experience <laughs> as Kimmy does, but I definitely see the importance of it. So, um, yeah, hopefully you're taking notes and you were learning and growing. And as leaders, it's so important that we have good nonverbal communication. Um, so from Kimmy and me and all of student life team, thank you for joining us for another episode of the student life leadership podcast. And we hope you will join us for our next episode airing soon.